Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Well, I hope everyone out there, at least those of you who celebrated, I hope you had yourself a good Christmas holiday, or I guess a good Festivus, a good Kwanzaa to you woke folk out there, a good Hanukkah to our Jewish listeners, unless of course you chose to go on the flying cattle car, buy a ticket on Southwest, then probably not so much. Probably still stuck at an airport somewhere. Now, white boy Malcolm X, he got delayed a bit getting into Denver. Called me to bitch moan and complain about it after I drove him down to stupid Logan Airport first thing Friday morning. Poor princess. He did eventually get there. Got to hang out with his snob of a mother and his cold distant father had themselves a a grand gay old time back at their palatial estate in Breckenridge, as much as the ex-family can anyway. And I, I got to spend Christmas all alone, all by myself. And before you feel sorry for me, I loved every single minute of it. A Christmas without Mama Frost exhausting me with her social schedule. Now, I was supposed to go down to New Jersey. We were going to have a a big blowout Christmas down there with the relatives. But Mama Frost, she called last Monday, the Monday before Christmas, and she was like, You can't come down here. Your aunt caught herself to COVID. But then... My aunt was making a speedy recovery, so I was going to go down, but delay it a day, go down on Saturday, not Friday, but then Mama Frost called again. You definitely can't come down. Your other aunt caught herself the COVID. So both my dad's sisters caught the COVID, and then on the other side of the family, Mama Frost's side, we were going to hang out with them too. They started catching themselves the COVID. So New Jersey, the COVID was all over the place. Here, there, and everywhere, the COVID was all over New Jersey. Every single exit. So I got some quality me time. I got to spend Christmas alone on the sofa watching movies, enjoying the quiet. But now I have to go down next weekend, headed down the weekend after New Year's, just a quick overnight trip. 
to do a delayed Christmas with the family. So on a programming note, not here next weekend, although we'll definitely drop something before I go. Try to get in two this week, but we'll see. And did I tell you, White Boy Malcolm X? Mama Frost, she was like, maybe you can come down over New Year's. And I was like, uh, no. I am not spending New Year's Eve in a hotel in New Jersey. That is not happening. I'll spend it in my own bed after getting drunk with my ginger-obsessed Italian beer-drinking friend who better not, and I'm warning you right now, sir, who better not try to sneak in his Ronald McDonald blow-up doll into this house Try to bang your creepy blow-up doll. Try to get yourself some New Year's ginger action. That is also not happening. So let's just go ahead and jump into things, folks. And this first one is from People. Pete and Justin Buttigieg, that low-ranked queen from Michigan, beyond blessed for Christmas with one-year-old twins. My heart was unprepared. I bet it was. The politician previously announced that he and Cheston were parents on Twitter in August 2021. So it's been a whole year already, White Boy Malcolm X. Actually, over a whole year since Pocket Queen Pete and Cheston Buttigieg, that low-ranked queen from Michigan, since they got their twin babies, Barack and Oprah, well, that's our name for him here on the Miller Frost podcast. Their actual names, the only time you'll ever hear me mention this, are Joseph August and Penelope Rose. And uh, get this, white boy Malcolm X, their son, Joseph August, they call him Gus, as in Goose Gantworthy. That silly queen. Well, I don't know if they call him Gus because of Goose Keatworthy, but they call him Gus. And I thought, folks, since we do have microphones everywhere, I thought we could check in on Pocket Queen Pete and Testin Buttigieg, that low-ranked queen from Michigan, check in to see how they're doing with their new babies, Barack and Oprah. So White Boy Malcolm X, go ahead, sir. Turn on those microphones. Let's find out what these two silly queens are up to. Peter, I swear to God. Chastin, what did I do now? Peter, I told you I needed help with Barack and Oprah today. And you were nowhere to be found. Well, what did you need help with? I needed some help changing their nasty-ass diapers. You know how stinky they are. I thought the nanny changed the diapers. Oh, well, why do I always have to be the one asking her to do it? You know how busy I am. Doing what? Well, I don't know. I like to get snarky on Twitter sometimes. And I get busy doing other stuff, too. Like taking your cheap-ass suits to the dry cleaner. That always takes a lot of my time. 
Chastin, I thought we agreed in couples therapy not to talk about your trips to the dry cleaner. Oh, I'm sorry, Peter. I forgot how attacked you feel when I bring up how cheap your cheap-ass suits are and how I have to hit 35 potholes each way just to get them cleaned. Like I don't feel attacked by all those potholes bouncing up and down all the time because my husband, the Secretary of Transportation, can't bother to get that stupid road between our house and that dry cleaner paved. Chastin, I'm very busy these days. You know there was a massive weather event. Lots of people were stuck in airports over the holidays. Oh, who cares about them? We fly private on government jets. Well, I have to pretend to care, at least for a little bit. All I'm asking for, Peter, again, is for you to pave one damn road. And you can't even do that for me. Like pleasing me in bed. Chastin, I thought we agreed in couples therapy not to talk about how I can't please you in bed. Oh, I'm sorry, Peter. I forgot how attacked you feel when I bring up how bad you are in bed. And I'm not even going to mention your small wee-wee. Your tiny little wee-wee. Chastin, be serious. I'm not that bad in bed. Oh, I am being serious, Peter. Is that what Colton Underwood tells you? That you're good in bed? Is that what that little whore is whispering in your ear? Chastin, for the hundredth time, I am not sleeping with Colton Underwood. Lies, Peter. Lies. You ain't fooling me. I wonder if he thinks that having sex with you is like getting banged by a broken sex doll. Kind of dry humps you in fits until the battery runs out. Chastin, I have to go to work. These highways aren't going to call themselves racist. I've got to get out there and take care of business. Ugh. What was that for? You taking care of business, Peter. You taking care of business. Who you think you're fooling, Peter? You haven't pleased anyone since the turn of the century. And they lied when they said you had. Okay, white boy Malcolm X. Enough of that. God. (laughs) What the? Blankety blank blank blank. Crawled up Chaston's ass and died. Jesus. That queen was in a mood. Poor pocket queen Pete, folks. Poor pocket queen Pete. Having to put up with that raging bitch at home all the time. No wonder... He's so feckless in his job. Probably spends most of his time worrying about the next argument he's going to have with Chaston. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. Six ways to Sunday. Well, enough of that disaster. Let's move on. From Pink News, those girls over at Pink News, Whitney Houston's queer story was so important for actor Naomi Aki in new biopic. I Want to Dance with Somebody star Naomi Aki has reflected on the importance of representation in the upcoming biopic charting Whitney Houston's rise to global superstardom. 
Another one, white boy Malcolm X. Another one to add to the list of things we're not going to talk about. So we've got Prince Harry Ginger and his vapid social climbing wife, Meghan Markle. We got adults who refuse to adult. And now this, calling anything that has to do with the tribe, our lovable Star Wars bar of a tribe, calling anything and everything queer. No more. We're not doing it anymore. I'm banning stories where they call everything that moves queer. We're done. And you idiots over at Pink News, you silly, half-wit journalist idiots over there at Pink News, Whitney Houston did not have a queer story. She might have had a lesbian story. She might have had a bisexual story. But she definitely did not have a queer story. Whitney Houston was many things. Many, many things. But she was not a heterosexual with a personality disorder. Whitney Houston might have had a crack pipe, but she did not have super special pain-in-the-ass pronouns like all the queer kids like to have. In fact, I think she'd rather be called a crackhead than queer. You know what I think is going on here, white boy Malcolm X? I think this is like, it's like the Saturday Night Live skit, the Christopher Walken SNL skit, more cowbell. But instead of more cowbell, and what's that silly queen's name? The one that runs Pink News? Benjamin Cohen. Thank you, white boy Malcolm X. He must be ginger or something. You remember his name. But instead of more cowbell, there's Benjamin, that silly queen that runs this joke of a journalism site, this pathetic excuse for, you know how bad it is, folks? Excuse me why I go off for a second. Don't worry, we'll get back to it. You know how bad Pink News is? Those silly girls that Pink News are? It's so bad, even those moronic clowns at BuzzFeed and Vox, even they look down on them. And being a journalist at Vox or BuzzFeed, that's like bottom of the barrel. That's like bottom of the graduating class from the whatever community college school of journalism they picked them from. Complete bottom of the barrel. And so over there at Pink News, that's like under the barrel. Not even bottom of the barrel. It's like whatever grows under the barrel. That's where you get them for Pink News, Queerty, Tow Road, all the news sites for Mean Girls in the vapid gay media. That's where you get those journalists. Now that was a tangent. But can you see, let me see if I can get myself back on track here. Can you see Benjamin Cohen, that prissy, high-maintenance queen, running things over there at Pink News? He's there, and some silly, woke, 
mean girl, D-list journalist over there, probably with Zizirza pronouns. Zier comes into him. Oh, here's my story on Whitney Houston. Ben here looks it over. Oh, I'm not loving it. Yes, folks. I think that Benjamin Cohen, he probably sounds like Tustin Buttigieg, that low rank queen from Michigan. But he looks it over. Oh, I'm not loving it. Why not? Well, where's the word queer? It's a story about the new Whitney Houston biopic. I'm not sure the word queer applies. This is pink news. The word queer always applies. In fact, you only get paid by the number of times you use the word queer in a story. You want to get paid, right? Well, money is part of the oppressive, patriarchal, heteronormative hegemony. But I do need it to buy some weed. So I guess so. Then you need to make this story queer. Oh, and that other story you turned in? Are you talking about Lady Gaga reveals her top gayest recipes and I could just die right now? That one? Yes, that one. Queer that up too. So like, Lady Gaga reveals her top 10 queerest recipes and it's so queer I could just die right now? Ugh. Perfect. Lovely. Remember, our new gender identity overlords. Gay is out, queer is in. Anyone says they're gay, they're really just transgenders in denial. Give them the Voldemort treatment. Remember our heroes and villains narrative. Okay, sounds great. So that's what I think is going on over there at Pink News with those girls over there at Pink News. But white boy Malcolm X, no more queer stories. I don't care how angry our gender identity overlords get. No more. We're done. So let's move on. From the Hollywood Reporter, Ryan Gaycrest back CNN, limiting New Year's Eve booze after last year's insult while hearing Journey performing on ABC's New Year's Rockin' Eve in 2021, like anyone can watch that dumbass show sober, Cohen quipped about Ryan Seacrest's group of losers. Jesus Christmas, these two minstrel queens, these two sloppy queens over there at CNN, Miss Cohen and Miss Cooper, Miss Anderson Cooper, And I totally stole the term sloppy queens. Stole that from someone. But they told me I could. And with this one, sloppy queens, calling them sloppy queens, describes these two clowns to a T. But these two, getting drunk and catty over there at CNN, during their train wreck of a New Year's Eve show, And you wonder why I go to bed at 9 o'clock. Maybe 10. Now I will say this. First, let me just say this. Get this out of the way. There's nothing wrong with getting drunk and catty. We do it here all the time. 
How the hell do you think we entertain ourselves every weekend? Drunken caddy. But we don't. Well, I guess we don't have a TV show. But we don't get drunken podcast. Which may come as a surprise to some of you. Probably thinking, what the blankety blank 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 are these two drunk queens doing? What kind of dumpster fire podcast is this? Folks, we're sober when we do this. Believe it or not, we're actually sober when we do this. Now, I did try it once after a couple of beers. What was that, white boy Malcolm X? A year and a half ago? Maybe two years? About? Yeah, it's been a while. Had a couple of beers. Let's do a podcast. I think it was. We were maybe five minutes in. We're both like, yeah, this is not going to work. Wound up doing it sober the next day. But with this, I guess last year, Ryan Gaycrest, he's taken over ABC's New Year's Rockin' Eve. That was Dick Clark's thing until Gaycrest took over. And I watched that for years. Many, many years. Back when there was like 12 channels on TV. Back in the Stone Age, we didn't have many choices. But Gaycrest had on Journey without Steve Perry, which to me is like, that is not Journey. Journey without Steve Perry, that's like Riverdale without AJKJ Appa, that strapping stud of a ginger, that delicious hunk of a ginger. It's a bad copy. That's all it is. And I guess Drunk Miss Cohen saw that, a Steve Perryless journey, and he called them Ryan Seacrest's group of losers, and then added that anyone watching ABC that night had seen nothing. Although, and I hate to admit this, but if you're watching Journey without Steve Perry in it, I would agree that you probably haven't seen anything. Or as Miss Cohen put it, you've seen nothing. Like I just said, a bad copy. Not that we're going to bother to find out what happens this year with these two. I'm sure it'll be all over the news on Sunday anyway. The New York media, they love to report on themselves. But we'll save ourselves the embarrassment of being gay, watching those two sloppy minstrel queens get drunk and bitchy over there at CNN. And if you're dumb enough to tune in, you have fun with that. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about 
work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. From the Washington Examiner, Farmer bro Martin Screlly gives FTX's Sam Bankman-Fried advice on how to survive prison. This one I just found, well, I guess entertaining. The farmer bro, this little douchebag, Martin Screlly, I think that's how you pronounce it, him giving prison tips to Sam Bankman-Fried, that FTX fantasy money charlatan, how to survive in prison, Brought to you by the Farmer Bro. And Sam here, he's looking at up to 115 years in prison for his shenanigans. He's going to be someone's prison bitch for a long time. A very long time. But Martin here, he was being interviewed by journalist Laura Shin on her podcast Unchained. And he said... Sam isn't exactly going to be somebody that fits into prison. You know, my advice for him includes shaving his head. My advice for him includes deepening his voice. So I guess like a skinhead or something. Manly voice skinhead. I guess that scares the prison rapists away. And Martin continued. Sam is going to have a lot of issues because he is a bit of an effeminate guy. And his demeanor, some people say an autistic sort of sense or sensibility, is not something that goes over well in prison. I guess he would know. I'm sure the farmer bro is very good on his knees. Got a lot of practice in there doing that. He's the Ronan Rubenstein of the federal pen. Getting banged by half the guys in whatever prison he's at. Talk about adding insult to injury, though, white boy Malcolm X. Poor Sam Bankman-Fried, already looking at 115 years in prison. His life is basically over. And he's got this loser douchebag trying to hand out advice on how not to get raped. This does beg the question, though. How desperate do you have to be? How horny do you have to be? to eye up Sam Bankman-Fried and think, man, I got to get me some of that. I got to tap that, make sweet, sweet love to that pudgy little millennial kid with the hyphenated last name. That one, that's my new prison bitch. I would dare say, you'd have to be pretty damn desperate to try to hump him Of all the prison bitches to have, that one, I think I'd be like, if he was the only one left, I'd be like, nah, I think I'll go celibate for a while. I'll wait until the next one comes in. I got dibs on that. Because as we know, folks, millennials, millennial Gen Z kids with hyphenated last names, where mommy and daddy or mommy and mommy, or daddy and daddy, 
non-binary parent one and non-binary parent two, couldn't decide on a last name, gave the kid one of those two-parent last names, which scream relationship dysfunction. They're all screwed up in the head. Complete pain in the asses. So if you're in prison and you're looking for a prison bitch, the last thing you're going to want is one of these millennial Gen Z kids with a hyphenated last name. Because they're going to be like, oh, do you have to molest me today? I'm so triggered that avocado toast isn't on the cafeteria menu. And don't even get me started on the lack of recycling around here. I just want to go to my safe space. So Sam, I'm sure it'll be all right for you. Just, you do you, keep doing you. That should be more than enough to scare anyone from trying anything. You can drop the soap all day long if you want. I don't think anyone will ever be anywhere near desperate enough to try anything. So no grand gay old time for you. From the Daily Mail, Justin Bieber, 28, closes in on $200 million deal to sell his entire music catalog 12 years after starting his record career. So I guess he's cashing out now while he still can. He's 28, going to be 40 before he knows it. So he's getting out while there's still some value to what he does. Just some people anyway. And can you see him, White Boy Malcolm X? Justin Bieber at like 40, 45. Like an overly tattooed Elvis. Fat, waddling around on some stage in Vegas. These dopey, hysterical Bieber groupies. These aging millennial Gen Z chicks. Shrieking as he's doing whatever the hell he does on stage. Him belting out whatever garbage songs he's sung, which I have, I have no idea. I could not name one Justin Bieber song if my life depended on it. No idea what he's ever done. Well, I take that back. Partially take that back. Now, I don't know the name of the song, but he did one. He did a duet with Ed Sheeran, Ginger Ed Sheeran, who probably plagiarized it from somewhere else. Allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, plagiarized it from somewhere else if Ed Plagiarist Sheeran was involved. But they did some duet, and the two of them in the video, they were dressed up like Furries, like those people that get off wearing animal costumes. They're called furries. They were dressed up like that. And the only reason I know this is because my gym at the time, they played music videos and they loved that one. They loved playing Justin Bieber and Ed Plagiarist Sheeran shrieking while they pranced around in furry costumes. And like I said, I don't remember what the name of that damn song is. Can't remember that one to save my life. But I will never, 
ever, ever, ever be able to unsee that disturbing video. It will haunt me until the end of days. But this all, this does, another one that begs the question, what idiot, what moron is willing to pay him $200 million for that garbage? And he's only released like six studio albums. Now, he's had a bunch of singles and collaborations with other singers. But what the hell are they buying for $200 million? And if they're spending $200 million, they've got to be thinking that they're going to be able to, and I don't know how, but that they're going to be able to earn that back and a whole lot more in future royalties. I would think that the shelf life of an aging Canadian twink some Canadian gangster wannabe. Oh, I'm all gangster with my super cool tats. I would think that that would be like not very long at all. But whoever's buying this, I guess they think it's longer than I do. A lot longer than I do. Okay, girls, it's your money. And you have fun losing that. And for our last story, folks, we have ourselves a smoking gun story. Although, just to warn you, it's kind of meh. It's the best we could do, unfortunately. So we're just going to have to hope for better shenanigans next year. Man used Christmas ornament in domestic attack. Victim 53 was struck in the head with a fragile angel figurine. It was a holiday behind bars for a man who allegedly struck his girlfriend in the head with an angel figurine during a Christmas morning confrontation in the couple's Florida residence. Of course, this is out of Florida, according to a police report. Investigators allege that Frankie Caldwell, 55, battered the victim around 7 a.m. with a fragile Christmas ornament, causing it to shatter into pieces. The 53-year-old woman is described in court filings as Caldwell's on-again, off-again girlfriend of nine years. When police arrived at the pair's Clearwater apartment, the victim described pieces of the figurine falling down the back of her dress. Now, this is just silly. See, folks, this is why I said this smoking gun story is kind of meh. How do you batter someone with a fragile Christmas ornament. He hit her with it, probably just once. It shattered, went down the back of her dress. This thing was probably over and done with in about five seconds. After being read his rights, Caldwell denied attacking the victim, claiming instead that she had hit him with the angel figurine. Cops noted that Caldwell, who was bald, showed no injuries on his head, while the scene was consistent with the victim's account of events. Caldwell was arrested on a pair of felony battery counts. Holy crap, a Christmas miracle. Felony charges in Florida. And booked into the county jail, where he remains locked up in lieu of $7,500 bond, which I assume she's not paying. A judge has ordered him 
to have no contact with the victim. Caldwell's rap sheet includes felony battery convictions in 1991 and 2016. He was arrested in 2017 for allegedly elbowing his pregnant girlfriend in the mouth during an argument in their Clearwater home. Jesus Christmas, so he's reproducing. Prosecutors subsequently declined to pursue charges against Caldwell. And no, white boy Malcolm X, no reenactment for you. This thing happened in like, what'd I say, five seconds or so? Nothing to reenact. Over and done. Okay, you know what? Since you look like you're pouting over there, you spoiled little princess, here's your reenactment. Real quick. So you've got Frankie, and you've got Frankie's on-again, off-again girlfriend in nine years. We'll call her Honey. And so Christmas morning, Frankie and Honey are sitting there, both of them enjoying a deliciously chilled glass of white Zinfandel, two ice cubes, just like any self-respecting Floridian would. And Honey, just to give herself the Christmas gift of annoying Frankie, she turns to him and says, You know what, Frankie? I think Tom Brady's ass looks better in a New England Patriots uniform than a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. No way, honey. Every Floridian knows that Tom Brady's ass looks better in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform than in a New England Patriots uniform. You're just stupid, Frankie. And you're wrong about Tom Brady's ass. So, like many, way too many Floridians, those two get into it about where Tom Brady's ass looks best. In a New England Patriots uniform or in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform, which your average Floridian, they'll argue about until the end of time or someone gets shot. And so Frankie, extremely frustrated by his dumb girlfriend, her thinking that Tom Brady's ass looked better in a New England Patriots uniform than it ever could in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform, he takes an angel ornament off the Christmas tree and smashes her in the head with it. It shatters upon impact and falls down the back of her dress. And she's like, Eh, I'm calling Popo. And Frankie's thinking, This is Florida. I can do eight hours of community service for a misdemeanor assault charge. So he's like, Oh yeah? I dare you to call Popo. And so she does. 911. What's your emergency? Eh, my dopey boyfriend hit me with an angel. Oh my, is God angry? Honey didn't get that joke. Just send Popo. And so Popo show up. And Shazam, poor Frankie gets two felony charges. No one was more shocked about that than him. And no idea, folks, but the second one was four. And so Frankie... He gets his ass hauled off to jail. End of story. There you go, white boy Malcolm X. A half-assed reenactment just to shut you up. So on that note, since I cannot top this silly Floridian couple getting into it, 
even if this goes down as the quickest felony assault event in the state of Florida, since I cannot top that, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this Friday edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, White Boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your week, a good start to your weekend, and a happy new year to one and all. And we'll see you back here in 2023. In the meantime, take care.